0: Matthew seven, There's Mr. Conneghan, about the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew seven, this is fun. Glad right, you guys came this weekend. You know where we're at. <laughs> Judge not, that you not be judged. For the judgment you pronounce now, you will be judged then. The measure you use now, it will be measured to you then. Why do you see the speck that's in your own eye, but not notice the log, or that's in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that's in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give the dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who was asked receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if your son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask him for fish, will give you a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give to those who ask? In Luke's account, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So whatever you wish others to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Therefore enter by the narrow gate, the gate is wide, the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter that way are many." For the gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find that road are few. This is God's Word. Okay? I think that, Lord willing, uh, we can finish the Sermon on the Mount in three weeks, and this week will include the difficulty of walking a narrow path, the difficulty of inheriting eternal life, and the absolute necessity of divine aid to do so. Okay? The way is... Hard, the road is narrow, and you need help. All right? And Jesus' main issue here in, in, in what the narrow path looks like, what it means uh, to follow Jesus and so inherit eternal life, according to Jesus, at least in 5 through 7, is found in how you treat other people. Amen. Just like, bad, you know, simple, but that's kind of bad news for humans. Because right? we don't always do this well. And I say it's how we treat people is where Jesus is going, because what, 5-7, show mercy, okay? Uh, make peace, 5-9, endure revilement, from who? From other people, 5-21, uh, be honest with people, Five don't hate people, forgive people, don't lust after people that you shouldn't, go the extra mile with people who don't deserve it, love and pray for your enemies. That's a narrow path, and that's all horizontal, right? Yeah. All dealing with other people. And that theme just continues into chapter seven. Be really slow to condemn what you perceive as evil in, in others, and right? that speck in others, especially if you haven't dealt with the law uh, in your own eye. But also you need to have wisdom in determining if your brother wants that speck in his eye. Right? And Eventually it gets to a point where you're casting pearls before swine and throwing what's valuable before dogs. And so you got to know, you have wisdom to discern whether you should help them take it out or not. And, and as you do that, do to others, judge others, condemn others based on how you want to be judged on the last day. Okay? All very hard, all, all very much a narrow road, all very much a tiny gate that, that's hard to get into. And so Jesus, being Jesus, the good teacher, puts more instruction for prayer right after this, right? If you want to live this way, if, if you want to walk this narrow path and inherit eternal life, especially in regards to how you treat other people, you've got to ask and seek and knock, and your Father in Heaven is going to help you do it. It's hard you need help so ask for it like that's like that's what he's going ask him for to help you show mercy and what will he do He'll help you show mercy right ask him to help you go the extra mile with people who do not deserve an extra step. And he will help you do it. Ask him, and he will help you deal with that telephone pole stuck in your own eye so you can help the brother with the speck in his. Basically, living a life that's worthy of the gospel, living a, a life that will attain the resurrection of the dead, is just singing over and over and over and over what we're going to sing today. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. <laughs> like, that's that's the point. That's what Jesus is saying here. And uh, the narrowest heart, so ask your Father for... Help. So let's get into it Matthew 7 uh, verse 1 Judge not that you not be judged Okay Now Jesus' whole ministry Especially Matthew Is taking aim um, At this group of the Pharisees They have put their hope For eternal life For inheriting the resurrection of the dead Into their own righteousness Okay Almost to, to an obscene point We're going to be righteous enough We're going to be pious enough That we're going to usher in the messianic age like, he's going to come and get this all sorted once we're righteous enough and once we're pious enough, okay? That's the, that's the Pharisees. The Zealots and the Sadducees, we're going to bring the kingdom of God with our guns, right? And our swords and, and all this kind of stuff. The Pharisees are like, no, we're just going to be good enough people. And the messianic age will come. And so as they're doing this, they're making judgments on others and condemning others, and they feel pretty good about themselves, right? Like, we're, we're righteous, we're going to do this thing. Obviously, we're inheriting eternal life, and obviously you are not. And so Jesus is rebuking them again. And to do this, he tells a parable. So Luke 18, which is the parallel here, he told this parable. And, and who's he tell it to? To some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and who treated others with contempt. Okay? That's the audience for the parable. So here's the parable. Two men go up to the temple to pray. One is a Pharisee. Okay? One trusts in himself. One feels, you know, and everyone. like the, the, the whole world, not the world, that area of the world, they pretty good bet that guy's going to inherit eternal life. I mean, look at him. Listen to him pray, listen to him sing Watch how he gives, you know what I mean? Look how sad he looks when he, like clearly he's fasting Right, that guy's going to inherit eternal life He gives to the poor the whole bit So that's one guy who goes up to the temple to pray And the other guy is a tax collector And everyone knows the tax collector inherits a lake of fire Because he's a tax collector, right? He's turned on his own people, working for the Romans Stealing from the Jews and taking some for himself A very bad guy, okay? One's a tax collector so the Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. God, thank you that I'm not like other men. Okay? Thank you, I'm not like the extortioners, the unjust, the adulterers, and, and who else, right? Uh, and that guy. He's the Pharisee. I mean, the tax collector down the way. Even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week, I, I, I give tithes of all that I get. So the Pharisee is condemning and judging the other guy based on... What he perceives to be this wide distance between his righteousness and this guy's righteousness. Okay, that's what's going on. But the tax collector, verse 13, standing far off, okay, Pharisees up front praying at the wall, tax collector far off. He wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven. Okay, Pharisees praying where everyone can see, you know, what an awesome prayer dude he is. The tax collector doesn't even want to be seen here. Okay, he, he, uh-huh. I don't use that illustration. Um, He doesn't want to be seen, but instead, he beats his breast, saying, God, thank you, I'm not like other men. I says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Two different worlds happening at the same (laughs) time. At, at the temple here. And so to to, illustrate, to land on the plane, Jesus says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, who can't even look at, at, at God in heaven, who can't even lift up his eyes, who's beating his breast, saying, God, I'm not righteous, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, that guy went down to his house justified rather than the guy that everyone thought would. Rather than the Pharisee, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but to the one who humbles himself, he will be exalted, right? It's just the same bit, over and over and over and over and over. Pharisees, you guys do the outward thing right, and that's good. Give to the poor, fast, pray, it's good, okay? But you neglect the greater things of the law. Justice and mercy, and not being a complete egomaniac. You know what I mean? That's like the pride of 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 men. You strain out of that, swallow a camel, the whole deal, and here you are now going up to the temple to make atonement for your sins, as you should. Like that's a good thing to do. Okay? As you should, but you are totally oblivious. Like you're living in fantasy land, Mr. Pharisee, to the state of your heart before God. If you think there's a universe where you're better than that guy. You're just, you, like, you, you're living in fantasy land. It, it's not It's not real, okay? Like, your sins are just as unbearable to God as that guy's sins, right? They both stink, right? They, they both go up to God like, oh, my goodness, both of you. Th- this is the reality. You're judging. You're condemning. You are, are justifying yourself. And that guy, who knows the state of his heart before God, who knows that, that he is sinful and he is Bankrupt before God and has nothing good to offer Him, but but recognize it, beats his breast, says, "God, have mercy on me, a sinner." And Jesus, said, that guy's going home justified. Him rather than you will inherit eternal life, and him rather than you is justified before God. And and to the, the, the that group of the Pharisees guys, that's just like, what are you talking about? It's it's just not computing. It's fantasy land, okay. And we live in fantasy land all the time, all the time. We do the exact same bit as the Pharisees. Not the exact same, I mean, we live on a different planet than they live on, but the exact same bit, okay? They are both guilty before God, both bankrupt before God, but only one knows it. Only, two guys, only one is living in reality. This guy's living in fantasy land. He he's all up in arms over another guy's sin, and he's he's just not recognizing his own. And Jesus is just pulling back the curtain and saying, "No, this is ugly. This is gross. This will not inherit eternal life, and that will right. This is the story of of, of um, David. we read Psalm fifty one today for this reason. This is the story of, of David, right? He he does the bit with with kills Uriah, takes his wife, impregnates her, like the whole bit. And then Nathan the prophet comes to him and says, "David, let me tell you a story. What's the story?" i like, oh, I like stories. Tell me, Nathan, we're old pals. And he tells them a story. He so there's one guy who has a big house, has all kinds of sheep, goats, rams, whatever you want. He's got it all. And he has a neighbor who has one goat, or sheep, or lamb, I don't remember. <laughs> you can eat it, whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the rich man has a friend come over and says, hey, I'm coming over, can you cook me dinner? He's like, sure, I'm hospitable, I've got lots of stuff, come over and eat. And instead of taking one of his, you know, billion sheep, he goes over to his neighbor's and takes one of his, kills it, and eats it. Nathan tells the story to David, and what's David do? You guys remember the story? David is like all up in arms, like he freaks out. Says this very night, that guy's life should be taken for acting unjustly towards this other man. And Nathan's like, David, it's you. You're the guy, and and you see, like David's in fantasy land. He's just totally not living in reality. And Nathan the prophet comes to him and says, brother, hey, 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 smelling salts, it's you. You're, you're the problem. You're the issue. And Nathan tells David this because he loves David. Jesus is telling the Pharisees this because he loves the Pharisees. He wants them to inherit eternal life. So he's openly mocking them in all of his teaching. Okay? And in love, Jesus warns them. Right? Like, that's this is who God is. Anytime He confronts them with their sin, anytime He confronts you with your sin, it's in love. Okay? For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And the measure that you measure out, it will be measured to you. Luke's account of this sermon makes it clear. Judge not, you will not be judged. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. Forgive, you will be forgiven. Give, it will be given to you. Press down, shake the together. Running. You guys haven't seen that song? Okay. Um, we made that song about money, but it's not, is it? For with the measure you measure, it will be measured back to you, okay? So obviously this, like like the whole sermon, it, it's, it's a point of the day of the Lord. The guys, the judgment's coming, show mercy to fellow sinners now, show mercy to that tax collector at the wall praying now, so that at the day of the Lord, you too are showing mercy, right? And nothing else matters other than that day. Other than being able to stand before God at that day and say to him, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and he actually shows it to you. All of you need that, (laughs) okay? Like... My prayer on that day, Joe's prayer on that day, are, are the same as Osama Bin Laden's on that day. I need mercy because I'm a sinner. Right? I mean, like, that's the game that Jesus is playing here. And it's, it's at the day of the Lord. James 5.9. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. For behold, the judge is standing at the door. The judge is... And his day is just right around the corner, right? At hand, near, coming soon. So don't look down and grumble about other sinners. Beat your breast and say, God, have mercy on me and on them. Okay, so that's that's the point. Now, what well, this doesn't mean, okay, because it used to be that the most known, most quoted verse in the American church was John 3.16, right? God so loved the world, gave his only son, the whole bit. You know what it is now? Matthew seven six, <laughs> judge not. Wow. right? You don't have to be a Christian. Everybody knows this oh, no, Don't like. So what this doesn't mean is that we never pass judgment. Jesus is passing judgment in his very teaching, right? It doesn't mean we never pass judgment. It doesn't mean that we never condemn. It doesn't mean that we minimize the seriousness of sin before God. Is the Pharisee sinning? Yes. Is the tax collector sinning? Yes. Okay. Like, doesn't mean we do that, and we don't do the, oh, you know, don't judge them, bit, right? Even though they're unrepentant, even though they're flaunting their sin before God and the world, we're all sinners, happy, clappy, whatever, you know what I mean? Doesn't, it's not what he's saying here. Rather, the point is, the point Jesus is making then, what point he's making now is that in view of God's own long-suffering, and in view of God's own mercy, and in view of God's own uh, patience and restraint towards us in the present age, despite our own sin, because y'all ain't resurrected yet, okay. and despite of that, God is still showing a merciful disposition towards us. And as imitators of God, as followers of Jesus, our master and leader and teacher, Jesus' point is, you too show mercy and restraint towards others in their sin, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is 2 Peter 3, the, 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 the whole bit, before the day of the Lord, we pray with patience that the wicked might turn. Like that. Just like Jesus. And do so, not as the Pharisees. Who are clueless about your own issues, but do so, show mercy, show restraint, as the tax collector, well aware of your own shortcomings. Like, well aware that if you turn your head too fast this way, you'll knock that whole row out. Right? Do so with, with a, a healthy, um, full realization of the mercy of God on you, That but for the grace of God, you too would go to a lake of fire. Yeah. That's how you deal with with people. And then, and and, and I've never seen this before until this week. After, after you've taken the time to work through and and deal with the log and and repent of the log, then it's time to actually be helpful to the brother. Okay? Verse 5, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then, it's like an instruction after you've dealt with this stuff, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. To be helpful to your brother with the speck. So not just you deal with your own bit and then like, all right, eternal life, here I come. Because I deal with the log in my own eye and then I can actually see clearly and help my brother with the speck in his, right? It's not that a speck's not there. That, that's, the, that's what I don't want us to do. That's what Jesus doesn't want us to do and say, hey man, nice speck, that's great. Okay? Again, because what that turns into, and you guys, again, you guys, you guys came out of it, you disciples of Christ, so you just said, we can't do it anymore. Because what was happening was it turned into sin is fine, la la la. Okay? And what happens when churches preach and encourage and, 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 and wholeheartedly give themselves to and affirm and promote what God calls evil, okay, what happens is people believe that message and hear that message and feel good because these people are being kind to them, or it looks like kindness to them, and then they go to a lake of fire. Right? The sin is fine the message just sends thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans for sure to hell. You don't love people into hell, right? Like That's not what the point is. Instead, it's no, sin is not fine. Judge with righteous judgment, but to do that, deal with your own junk first. Then you can see clearly to help the brother, and then you talk, right? Mm -hmm. Matthew 18, brother got an issue, go to the brother. And then he he comes back, Galatians um, 6.1, if if any of your brothers uh, wanders off, you go restore him like this. Notice it's in a spirit of gentleness. Bring the brother back. He said, "Hey, I, I, I realize there is a telephone pole in my eye. Working on that thing before God, dealing with that thing before God, working with other guys to help whittle this thing down and get out. Like okay, I recognize my deal, but brother, I think you got a speck. I think the way that you're walking is leading to destruction. It's a wide road. You don't want to go that way. Let's help each other out here, yeah. right? Like that's that's what's going on here. So especially in in, in the body, global body, especially in local bodies." How we deal with one another and help each other walk a narrow path—it's not this, like me up here coming down to help you down here because you are so pathetic and sinful and whatever. Like that is not the posture of God's people. Okay, yeah. what Jesus is saying and what's been just proven true in yeah. Genesis three, like historically documented, proven true, is we are all here—or yeah. or like you know—we're uh-huh. right, 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 right. uh-huh. all here. And we deal with each other like this. Like, hey, brother, I see you down in that hole. I'm going to come down into the hole, and I can help you out. Because I've, I've been in the hole before, right? If you guys have seen that. Maybe you haven't. We can watch it together um, sometimes. Okay, so, so here's, like, everyone on board with that. <laughs> I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We both want to inherit eternal life. We're going to do the bit. You help me with my love. I'll help you with your spec. Yeah. We'll get there, okay? Here's issue. Though, because Jesus is a realist more than we are, um, sometimes you deal with your law and, and you try and be helpful with the other person's spec and they're not having it. It's not happening. Okay? <coughs> Parents, you have children, it's not it, <laughs> Okay? Um, and, but more, more seriously, you, you find out that they love their spec and they want to keep it. And they want to feed it, and nothing would make them happier than for an entire forest to grow out of their eyeball. And just, and just see that thing grow. And so in that context where you're like, you rec- you're you not doing the Pharisee bit, you're doing the, the tax collector bit. And like, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I see my brother's got this issue going on, I'm going to go help them with that. And they don't want help. They want that thing to grow and flourish. Jesus gives more instruction. If it gets to that point, and if you get to that point slowly... Okay, like this is, uh, I don't like to talk about <coughs> current events, but it's not, uh, like the, 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 the cancel culture thing, right? Like, obviously, people do horrible things, <coughs> right? Yeah. But what we do is just like, oh, I found out, I'm totally done with them forever, can't get a job, can't do it. Versus like slowly dealing with people, caring for people, not quitting people and saying it's fine, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It goes slowly, and we do this slowly because you're going to be judged with the same judgment that you dish out, right? So you want to be slow and merciful and all this stuff, but if it gets to that point Jesus' instructions, okay, so don't give to dogs when it's holy. And, and don't throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you, okay? The point is, there's a, there, there comes a point in lots of relationships where it's appropriate to move on. Not in hatred, not in hopelessness, definitely not in self-righteousness, you know what I mean, like, I'm moving on because they are so much worse than I could ever be, not that. But where it's appropriate to move on, and you have to be able to discern like, look, I'm no longer able to be helpful here. And in the mercy of God, hopefully He will send someone else who can be helpful. Right? I mean, Hopefully He he will um, do that, okay? So that's what Jesus has said. Judge with, judge, judge how you want to be judged. Condemn how you want to be be condemned. Get that log out so you can help someone else, but also be able to discern when you need to to step away. Okay. So I'm I'm reading this um, and thinking, okay, judge according to how I want to be judged. Deal with this log. Do the whole bit. And 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 I'm thinking this is a hard road. This is a, a narrow path. It's like lots of potholes in here that I could screw up. How am I able to discern these things? Especially that last bit. Like, how do you get to the point where it's like, I maybe just need to move on because I'm casting pearls before pigs here. How oh, do I do that? that? Jesus tells us, the very next verse, yes. ask. <laughs> Right, Ask, it will yeah. be given to you. Seek, you'll find, knock, the door will be open to you. Your, your father who's evil, he knows how to feed you. This father who's good, if you ask him, you think he's gonna help? Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. This road is hard. It, it, it's narrow, it's not easy to walk this thing. You're a dum-dum, you need help. He, he'll give it to you, right? <laughs> that, that's what he's saying. God promises to supply us wisdom for walking the narrow path, in relationships, and again, Luke's account of this of this prayer says, "If your heavenly Father, who's your fathers who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit?" Right here, it's fish and bread. Luke's like, "Well, Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know, because that's what you need to walk this thing out. Be led by the Spirit of God. Those are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God and walk this narrow path. God gives us instruction, right, in His Word." and by his spirit to deal with the thing, right? Like, that's the whole bit. God supplies us wisdom to walk in your own path in relationships. God gives us the spirit so we can deal with that 12-foot plank in our eye. Like, that's the... Guys, being a human being is just hilarious. It is so funny, because God will show you... You know, search my heart and, and see if there be any wicked way with me, and then God's like, okay, I will show you. This will be painful, yeah. right? He does that, and then he gives you instruction. Here's how you deal with the plank. Here's how how you bring this thing before him in repentance and trust, and then he gives the spirit to those with the perceived specs to go to them and say, hey, I've fallen short of the glory of God. You've fallen short of the glory of God, but good news, I know the way out. We've done the bit, and so I'm... This is a whole other thing, but what kind of, of, of congregational culture would that create? Where everyone, oldest to youngest, most mature to least mature, just said, forget all of that bull, and we're just going to deal with each other like this, all the time, in every area, in every situation. That only happens by the Spirit of God, to, the, to those who ask. So, you should do that. Verse 12. Jesus repeats the main point, right? Same thing. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, however you want to be judged, however you want to be like, condemned, do also to them. For this is the law and, and the prophets, right? It's the golden rule. So, and it's not new, like... It, no, no. It's the golden rule. So he said, do unto others. And then to finish this hard word Jesus says, verse Verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter that way are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who go that way are few. Okay? Have you guys read this scripture before? Yeah. (laughs) Does this mean that the age to come is sparsely populated? Right? If this is math, that's what it means. Okay? So if, you, if, if you read this woodenly, literally, and mathematically, this universe that we inhabit is unbelievably sad. Because only like 12 people inherit eternal life. And definitely not me. Right? Many and, and few. Well, I just, I just don't think that's true. Okay? So you guys have read uh, Revelation, right? John the Revelator, he counts everything right? Seven of these, seven of those, seven of that, three of these, a third of that, right? 144,000, 12, 12 tribes of Israel, all of that, 42 and a half, like, he's always counting, the whole book, is counting, 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 probably, I don't like it, you know what I mean? Just like, draw me a picture, man, okay? John, John has no issue with numbers at all, okay? He is, he is, he is a good mathematician, can look and count and, and, Sorry, Stoney, I know we don't count fingers. Okay? He can count is the point. But when John looks up into the heavens and sees those who have followed the Lamb and loved their lives not unto death, you know what John says? I can't count that. There is a multitude from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every language, and it's so big, I can't count it. Okay? So Jesus' point can't be that 12 people inherit eternal life, right? Even a chapter after this that we'll get into uh, in January, Matthew 8:11, 11, Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God and the inclusion of Gentiles into that kingdom says, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But you, sons of the kingdom, right, quotation marks, you Pharisees who think you're going to inherit eternal life because you're awesome and because your last name is Abraham. What is his last name? Er, last name of Er. You think you're going to hear? No, you're thrown out. And many come from the many Gentiles, which for all of us, I think, good news. We're we're part of the many. Matthew uh, twenty eighteen. Jesus is, is doing the new covenant bit. He says, I give my life as a ransom for, like five? No, for many. There are a lot of people coming in. So with this wide road, narrow road, wide gate, narrow gate. Don't think math. Think exhortation, think encouragement, think uh, warning, and, and think the importance of responding to the call, right? Because if the message is, hey, just coast on in, what does fallen, human, depraved, rebellious people do? Just coast on in, right? Everybody inherits eternal life. That's not what you do. Aren't like, you don't you don't tell your football team that the game is going to be so so easy mm-hmm. because what do they do? They don't show up and they get beat. Okay, tell them it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, and you have to respond to the call with urgency to walk this narrow path. So so no matter the point is, no matter how many are seen to be going along the broad road, which in this context is the many, it's the Pharisees. They're walking this easy path in this age, right? They're not living for the age to come. They got eyes like this, trying to live for both. That's a wide road. And Jesus says, Those married, that's a wide road, that's a broad day, and it leads to destruction. Instead of that, you, my disciples, you guys choose the narrow road. Choose what's hard. Judge not, lest you not be judged. Show mercy. Be reviled. Make peace. Give to those who have. Like this hard road in this age leads to life. Okay, the the road is narrow and it is hard. I don't want you looking at at the end of things in Revelation and saying, "Wow, everyone just gets in for whatever." Don't want you thinking that. I want you knowing the road is narrow, the way is hard. It's difficult to follow Jesus. Okay, until you get resurrected, and then it becomes substantially easier. <laughs> right? So it's like a a a a, a new bo- like I'm not going to be at war with my members anymore. Like. I'm just going to be serving God because I want yep, to. Yep, yep. And I'm not going to have demons breathing down my neck. Yep. We don't know what the earth's... We don't know what it's going to be like to roll out of bed in the morning and not have demons on the earth. Yeah. You know like yeah. It's the Claritin Clear commercial. You <laughs> guys see those? They're watching the softball game yeah. and then they take their Claritin Clear and they pull off the thing. And you're like, oh, I can see now. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be like. <laughs> I don't know why we're, why we're talking about this. I don't remember The road is narrow The Sermon on the Mount is hard It's hard And and the road includes (laughs) Persecution And it includes meekness And it includes loving enemies And right here it includes discernment Mm -hmm. You have to be able to discern By the Spirit of God Am I casting pearls before swine here Mm -hmm. And I would just tell you Err on showing too much mercy You know what I mean? (laughs) Not saying you never get to the point where you got to go, but I would say if you're going to err and stand before God, like, God was like, hey, uh, you could have backed out of that thing, Mm -hmm. okay? I would rather err over here. So just on that deal. The point is, following Jesus, inheriting eternal life, inheriting life eternal, is a cross. It is hard. It is difficult. But... The good news of this passage is ask, and it's going to be given to you. Seek. Seek these things. You're going to find them, right? Last week, seek first the kingdom of God. It means asking and, and knocking. And You guys have heard this? Like, the, the Greek here is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. knocking. you know. To walk a narrow path takes divine aid, and God is glad to give it to those who ask. So fear not, little, little flock. The Father is pleased to give you... Um, Okay, let's pray. And if I have the musicians, um, come up. Let's stand. Um, Father, we just ask that Our heart, our our, our posture towards one another would be I am a beggar telling another beggar where to find bread This is how we relate to each other This is how um, we deal with each other And so, to walk a narrow path, God to, To walk a hard and difficult road We need help we need, we need the empowerment of the Spirit of God, God, working in our bodies, working in our minds, God, instructing our spirit, instructing our heart to walk this way, to not gratify the desires of the flesh when it would be I feel easier just to crush someone and dunk on someone and, and look down on someone and pray, like, God, thank you that I'm not like other men. God, we need, we need your spirit to come and kill those things in us. We need your spirit to come and kill uh, that evil desire in us to look down on others without the intent of helping them up. So, Lord, we, we thank you for the mercy of the cross. We thank you that instead of uh, looking down on us without intent to help, you came, you lived. You died for our sins on a tree. You went into the, the tomb for our death, and you rose out of that thing for our eternal life. And now you are seated at the height of the heavens, God, waiting in mercy. So as you wait in mercy, God, help us show mercy to one another. God, as you withhold judgment right now, help us withhold judgment on one another. As you withhold Now, help us act the same, God. But give us wisdom. Help us to know when to move in, when to move out. Help us deal with the log in our own eye. We pray with the psalmist, God. Search us, know us. See if there's any wicked way in us. Bring that thing to the light. And God, by your word and by your spirit, by the encouragement of our brothers and sisters, here, help us whittle that thing down, help us remove it so that we can get to the spectacle.